What's up, everybody? Welcome. Another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Happy to be with you uh, talking golf. Another week of PGA DFS. I am Justin Van Zuden, STL Cardinals 84. Uh, didn't take down anything major, but had my best DFS golf week in uh, probably a good three or four months last week. So uh, it's got me recharged and ready to go for this week. Always good to have a profitable week. And uh, got my usual co-host alongside me to uh, discuss the, this week's golf as well. That's uh, Mr. Derek Farnsworth, aka Notorious, uh, was out last week. And uh, Noto, were you in the at the uh, conference there in uh, in Vegas last week? Yeah, I was at the conference, and uh, I definitely paid for it. Uh, sounds like you had a really good week. I didn't cash one single cent uh, back. I think that's the first time ever. Uh, I played Everyday Showdown. I played the main slate. Uh, I played it all. And uh, Andrew Sable in the chat saying, "Yeah, nice change of nice change of pace." Uh, this week, not having a cut because uh, all my guys got cut last week. So good to be back, uh, ready to get back at it and ready for a clean slate. That's for sure. I think the six to six percentage was about 1.2% across most of the contests last week. Um, I did 150 lineups and I had six. So I had like uh, 4%, six to sixes. So I had some live uh, lineups in the lower dollar stuff too, but uh, finished, you know, one finished like 30th or 40th or something. But with the top heavy payouts, that doesn't get you a whole lot. But uh, had it w- was in the vicinity of, uh, of a really good week and hopefully can keep that going. And yeah, like you mentioned, we've got a, a no cut event this week. And, you know, the one thing that uh, that Hondas and I talked about last week was, um, you know, don't be afraid to, to do something a little bit weird. Uh, with your lineups to take some off the radar plays because uh, last week was the type of event that, you know, it's a shootout. You you see guys going 22, 23, 24 under par, and that's kind of the great equalizer. And that's what we, I mean, we saw a lot of the popular plays, a lot of the high end plays missed the cut. um, And we saw, you know, some kind of random names up at the top of the leaderboard for a couple of days. So uh, that's just the type of event where sometimes the randomness, sometimes you, you know, you have a complete dud and, uh, sometimes you land on the right guys and uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that translates to this week and and we'll get to this week's course in a minute, but uh, plenty of time uh, with a limited field and no cut this week. So it won't take us too long to get through it, but uh, I know you were kind of uh, probably not paying as close of attention last week since your lineups were, were kind of dead, but uh, any takeaways from the tournament for you? Yeah, I didn't get to watch much on Sunday. I was traveling home, uh, but good to see Sungjae win. I mean, that's a, that's a great final round and, We've always kind of thought of him as a Bermuda specialist, a guy that plays well in the wind, guy that plays well on par 70 courses and then, you know, tougher courses. And he comes out, shoots uh, 24 under, I think. So good to see him get a win under the belt, uh, his second of his career. And I went and looked it up. The last time he won, he followed it up with the third the next week. So um, he may be one of the few guys that we don't have to, you know, immediately fade the week after after a win. So happy for Sungjae. Everyone else, uh, not so happy for since they didn't help me out at all. <laughs> yeah, you know, we know that uh, that Sung JM is not going to uh, to let up. You know, that's uh, that's not his nature. He's going to keep on go out there and you know uh, play the next week. So uh, yeah, impressive round on Sunday. Um, I could have used a different week for him to to choose to have that round, uh, but uh, I had him on some lineups, but not on my best. So. Uh, Wolf was on my best lineup and Shank was on my best lineup and they were the final pairing on Sunday. Uh, not that they played terribly, but I mean, it was just, if you weren't making a ton of birdies, uh, you were falling down the leaderboard and Sungjae 62 on Sunday, Leishman 63 that brought him into the top five. 
Uh, Rory Sabatini had a 64. He had a solid week, finished tied for third. Uh, but I mean, some of these other names inside the top 10, Adam Hadwin showing up for the first time in a long time, Hayden Buckley, another strong week, Harry Hall, you know, these are the type of guys that you embrace the variance in that event. And uh, some of you, uh, if you had some of those guys, it was probably a pretty good week for you. And uh, if you had, you know, a lot of the chalk that missed the cut that uh, probably left a sour taste in your mouth, but just the strange nature of that event and that shootout where the cut, you know, is four five, 600 par. Uh, makes it a little bit tougher to uh, to handicap. So, um, how was Vegas, by the way? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was out there with Dan and Cal and and Scott and Dave. So, uh, always good when you have good people around you. And obviously, Vegas uh, a lot of fun that you can get into. Um, but I did remember to you know join contests beforehand, so I was able to uh, lose a lot of money in PGA DFS. So I'm, I'm glad I did that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it'd be half joking there. If you would have won money, it'd been a little better. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I respect the hustle, the grind for the people that because you can't play DFS in Nevada. So uh, that, you know, drive to the border to register contests every night and, uh, you know, grinding the uh, uh, NFL showdowns, the Thursday night showdowns and stuff like that. I, I wouldn't have that uh, gumption. I'd just take the nights off. But uh, kudos to those that did and somebody might have won a big prize by by virtue of doing it but uh yeah and i uh i signed up for bet mgm in nevada so now i can drive to the border and bet instead of uh so kind of the opposite of what they can do so you you are in utah yeah uh, so where can you is nevada the only state nearby that uh, is there I, other mobile sports betting states somebody, by somebody told me wyoming as well they're both about an hour and a half from me oh, so. okay so it's not not great, but uh, you know when I want to make bets, I at least have the option now. I uh, do multiple things at once. So you can do some futures and stuff like that too yeah. when you're uh, when you're on the road. But uh, all right, well, let's start taking a look at this week. We've got the CJ Cup, uh, one of the events that used to kick off the Asian Swing, but of course COVID has thrown a bit of a wrench into that. Uh, they couldn't get back to uh, South Korea this year, so for the second straight year, the CJ Cup will be contested. Uh, in the uh, in the states and it was at Shadow Creek in Vegas last year uh, and this year it will be held at Summit Club uh, so that will be the host course just for this year uh, so be sure to wipe out any course history ignore it don't look at it uh, I suppose you can make some parallels to last week Shadow Creek is a reasonably good comp, comp course for uh, this week's venue but uh, what have you learned about Summit Club in the uh, few days that we've had to take a look at it here yeah, so right off the bat, I mean, the course looks awesome. Uh, a lot of fairway, a lot of bunkers, and uh, a lot of desert. I do think it'll play a little bit different than Shadow Creek. That was uh, – it didn't look like it was in the desert at all. I mean, that was – Yeah, there was a lot like, of water uh, on that course. Yeah, Carolina course um, is kind of what Tiger Woods called it. Uh, but, yeah, this uh, definitely desert track. Um, the fairways here, it looks pretty generous off the tee. Uh, I don't – I looked up the, you know, acreage of fairways to rough, and there's twice as much fairway as rough, so – um, it's going to be pretty easy off the tee, but if you do get too wild, you'll probably be, you know, in the desert area, in the, in the native area, as shot tracker likes to call it four par five. So I do think it's going to be scorable. This is a resort course. You know, a lot of famous people are members here is kind of the, the really hard place to get into. So I do think, uh, it's going to be pretty easy. I think, uh, everyone in the expert survey put at least 20 under par for their predictive winning score. And I don't think it's going to play that long. It is 7,400 yards, but the elevation changes that a little bit. And then 
Uh, Colin Morikawa in his interview today, yes, he's a member. Um, you know, he said uh, the key this week is to hit the right portions of the green. He said, you know, if you miss it just by a little bit, it'll roll 40 to 50 feet away from the pin. And uh, so I think, you know, having that knowledge and knowing where to miss, knowing uh, the greens and just being able to get on the right, you know, tier of the greens is going to be important. So definitely looking at Stroh's game approach, I think you are going to have to make a ton of birdies. I don't know what to do off the tee. I mean, it certainly helps to gain strokes there, but uh, I'm not sure if it's going to play as a bomber's track. I'm not sure if it's just going to kind of neutral, neutralize the field a little bit off the tee. And then it is a Tom Fazio design. So if you want to look at some comps, you got like Riviera, Quail Hollow, uh, Seaside. I'm also looking at TPC Summerlin since it's in Vegas and PJ West, the stadium course is some of the comps, but we really don't know how it's going to play. Uh, I'm excited to see it. The course looks awesome. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think, you know, those easier courses are probably better comps like Quail Hollow and Riviera. There's no way it's going to play as hard as those courses do. Um, I, yeah. I'd be shocked. I mean, I'd be shocked that we've been wrong before, but um, you look at the scorecard. The first hole is a 380 yard par four, but it's all downhill and supposedly is drivable, um, which, you know, at a lot of elevation 380 these days. Yeah, probably is drivable for the bigger hitters. Uh, the second hole is a sub 200 yard par three. The third hole is a reachable par five. Fourth and fifth holes are relatively short par fours. Uh, sixth hole is another par five. And number seven uh, is a 138 yard par three. So, um, you know, I had, there were some uh, chatter on, on Twitter yesterday about, you know, somebody possibly going seven under through the first seven holes, uh, especially if you make an eagle on one of the par fives. So uh, I do think particularly that front nine is going to play a lot easier the back nine starts with two very long holes, a 500 plus yard par four and a 235 yard par three. So um, I do think getting off to a good start on the front nine for those, you know, on the days where you, I got to see if they're, uh, they're not splitting tees. So everybody's starting on the front nine. So getting off to a good start uh, is definitely going to be imperative on this course. I think you'll see the front nine play a bit easier. Front nine's about 150 yards shorter. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think we'll see good scoring, um, provided that the weather holds up. I mean, it, I guess today it was really cold out in Vegas. So, uh, some snow in the mountains, but, uh, I think it'll play pretty easy. Yeah. I do too. And no cut. Are you changing your strategy at all? Um, I, I mean, I always take a few more chances on some lower end guys. Um, you know, you can take some punt plays just because everybody's getting four rounds. I mean, I don't think you need to go crazy with any of the guys that like 6K flat, but uh, down into the 6Ks, I think you can. And that just gives you more access to uh, to the top end. But uh, relatively speaking, with a, a stronger field and a no-cut event, it seems like the salary cap is pretty loose this week. Yeah, uh, the Stars and Scrubs method definitely seems to make sense. But whenever I try it, uh, I pick some bad scrubs and then I have to have four rounds of terrible golf instead of just two. <laughs> so that ends up hurting my lineups. And anytime the field is really stacked like this, it just seems like the mid-range get a lot of good values um, in terms of guys like Paul Casey, those types that are usually in the 10Ks and weaker fields. So uh, I don't mind the balance approach. Don't mind the Stars and Scrubs approach. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a strong take one way or another. I know a lot of people want to box these into a certain strategy, but I haven't been able to figure it out just yet. Are you just kind of in terms of golfers then you leaning on ball strikers, you leaning on scorers, you leaning on bombers. How you, how you attacking it? I think I'm just looking at all around. I kind of have an equal weight to my stats, uh, just with a big, big weight to stroke gain approach and birdie making, um, whether they do that with bombing off the tee or, 
uh, you know, good around the green, whatever it may be. Um, just mainly birdie making and strong iron play. All right, let's go ahead and dig in. Uh, we got uh, our usual six golfers above 10K this week. Uh, I was kind of interested to see how they would price it uh, with, you know, maybe some of the top names kind of struggling. We haven't seen Spieth yet in the fall swing. Colin Morikawa is a member here, so you see a lot of quotes from him. You, you see that narrative flying around. But DJ and Thomas, Morikawa, Shoffley, Spieth, and McElroy. Uh, almost all these top-end guys are coming off the Ryder Cup, so you get some people that may want to put those Ryder Cup narratives in there, you know, how they played at the Ryder Cup, but uh, how you handicap in the top, I think it's pretty wide open. Yeah, pretty wide open. Uh, a lot of question marks for me. I mean, DJ's got back-to-back top tens, but he gained 16 strokes putting in those two events. The ball striking hasn't been good for a few months now. Uh, you have Jordan Spieth, who, I mean, he's lost nine strokes to your green in his last three starts. So guys that just aren't hitting the ball well, at least not compared to what they usually do. Uh, kind of the same thing for Rory McIlroy. He's lost on approach in three straight. So, I mean, it has been a few weeks since they've teed it up for sure. But um, I have question marks on all three of those guys. I love Xander. Uh, he isn't a member here, but he does live in Vegas. So we should be familiar with, you know, playing elevation, uh, desert golf. Uh, I'm sure he's seen the course before. And uh, he's the king of no cuts. So I like Xander. I like JT. And then just for the for the narrative, I think you got to take some shares of Colin Morikawa. Talk today about how good he feels, you know, coming off the Ryder Cup. He feels rested. And uh, he obviously has the home course knowledge. Uh, we've seen that, you know, backfire with a lot of guys over the years. You know, Ryan Palmer comes to mind, the, the, the track in, in Texas. But uh, so I don't think it hurts um, to be a member here. So if I'm going three of the 10K guys, I'll take Xander, Morikawa, and JT. Yeah, hard to ignore Morikawa. Um, I like Morikawa and Xander. Those kind of my top two. Um, I think you can debate the rest, uh, certainly at their prices. I mean, I like DJ, but, uh, and I like JT, but I mean, there are more expensive as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think Morikawa and Shoffley, definitely the top two for me. So they will uh, sit atop my exposure, uh, for the, the 10 K and up range. What are you doing with Spieth here? Anything? I mean, it's just, uh, hard to say we, I just haven't seen him that much. Yeah, I mean, it's generous off the tee is what we're hearing. But, I mean, <laughs> generous off the tee doesn't really help speed sometimes because he can be, you know, 40 yards offline. And if he misses uh, the rough and the fairway completely, he's going to be playing out of some cactuses. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not playing speed, especially at this price point. If he was, you know, 9K, I'd maybe take a few shares of him. You know me on speed. I don't need to be sold on <laughs> not playing him. Uh, I am probably off him this week as well. The 9K range, um, uh, probably my biggest fault over the past four or five months was going away from Sam Burns uh, mm -hmm. after he won. And, the, you know, we had the week I hit him on outright on scores and odds and uh, won a GPP with him. And, and then, you know, I just kind of stopped playing him for a while. The price started going up uh, and he just keeps on playing well. He won the Sanderson Farms a few weeks back. 14th last week faded a bit on Sunday, but uh, still 22 birdies for the week. Uh, so we just got to get used to seeing his name up there in the nine Ks. I mean, he's earned that spot, uh, even though it looks a little bit out of place to see him in there with Hovland and Kepka and Finau and Sungjae. So nine uh, K range still pretty loaded. Uh, you mentioned we probably, you know, don't have to go away from Sungjae after a win. Uh, who's your favorite couple guys in there? Yeah, it's funny you bring up Burns because I was with our editor, Scott, uh, the night before lineup sock. And he said, why don't we ever play Burns? He just crushes every week. And I was like, ah, no, nah, we can't play him. 
Uh, and he grinds out another great finish. And if you look at his stats, very good off the tee, very good on approach. Uh, we know he's a great putter. So, uh, yeah, like you said, we just got to get used to him being up here, playing some great golf. So uh, I don't mind it. It's hard for me not to go up to Hovland in that same price range. Uh, just so good. Might be the best ball striker, you know, right there with Morikawa. If you include off the tee, he might be better than Morikawa. Uh, with him, it's just all to the short game, but I don't mind taking a chance on he him. lost nine strokes around the green last week. Nine. Yeah. Huh. I've never seen anything. I mean, his ball striking was great. He was like at the top. He was, I can't, I don't have it in front of me right now, but ballparking like second or third in T to green, and he finished in the 40s. Um, and I was like, how did that happen? Oh, uh, minus nine strokes around the green. I mean, that's an anomaly, unless he's got the chipping yips, but. Yeah, uh, it's just I mean that's Grillo every week. <laughs> but both together. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. If the course is as easy as we think and you know everyone's gonna be hitting 80% of greens, I think that'll help him. because uh, he'll be a lot closer to the flag than everyone else. Don't know what to do with Brooks. Uh, I always like Finau anytime we get him out west. Uh, you know, he's obviously from Utah, so plays in elevation quite a bit. I like Sung Jay as a sleeper. Everyone just naturally avoids the guy coming off of a win. I talked about that uh, at the start of the show. He had a third place finish after his win at the Honda the very next week uh, at the API. And then love Louie. Uh, if he uh, would have put it a little bit better last week, he would have had, you know, a really nice outing. I think he gained six strokes ball striking. Uh, I think he was top five in putting, uh, strokes game putting last year on the PGA Tour. And he's lost putting three in a row. So I think he got some positive regression coming there. And he's just a guy that you can count on. Uh, I know we don't like him in birdie fest as much, but – if this does end up playing a little bit harder or you know, I still think you can go out and shoot 20 under. So uh, yeah, I like Louie. I like Hovland. And then I'll probably mix in some, some Finau and Burns. Yeah. I, uh, I like Hovland as well. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not super worried about the around the green, you know, the terrible numbers last week, unless they continue to be like that bad on a recurring basis. We know that's his weakness, but uh, he can overcome that with the ball striking as long as he's not, you know, uh, last in the field every week. So uh, the other guy in the nine Ks, uh, I like Sungjae as well. Uh, the other guy that I almost never play, I, I haven't played him. Uh, you can probably count it on one hand over the last 12 months, how many times I've played Cameron Smith. Uh, I think I'm going to buck that trend this week too. I mean, he's got, uh, this is the type of event where, you know, he'll just, he'll just go out and he'll make some hero chips and uh, throw in some birdies and I think he was third on tour and birdie or better last year behind only Bryson and John Rahm so uh, never play Cam Smith I'm going to try to uh, with a new season uh, put that bias aside so Cam Smith at 9200 he'll be in some of my GPP lineups this week I uh, don't mind the Louis call as well Abraham answer was a big bust last week uh, for a lot yeah. of people I mean he missed the cut by like seven strokes he was terrible for two round shot over par on that course that played like five under on average for the first two days. So um, Scheffler, another guy that burned a lot of people last week. So answer or Scheffler, uh, you going back to the well on either guy this week? Uh, I did play Scheffler, even though I didn't love him last week. He just kind of fit the lineup I liked. Uh, so I'll go back to him. Uh, anytime you get burned, you just feel obligated to go back. Plus we've seen how well he plays in WGC events. I know this isn't going to be a hard course, but um, the stack fills is typically when he plays his best. And then what about Brooks? I mean, he's been in Vegas a while. I heard he went to the, the Wilder fight. Um, so who knows uh, what, what the state of his game is. But I'm, I'm kind of on the boat. Just don't play him until the majors. It'll burn you, you know, once or twice a year. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have a ton of interest. Like, I, 
I wouldn't. It's a no cut event. If you play them in GPPs, obviously we know the risk. I, I I get the logic behind it, but I don't play him a whole lot, and I'm just not sold on him outside of a major when he's not you know 100% healthy. So, especially since everybody's getting four rounds, like I think he carries the big risk of maybe yeah. deciding to pack it in if you know the body starts barking or something. Yep, I agree. All right, that takes us through the 9K range. Uh, before we uh, move on, just a couple of things here. Uh, don't forget, uh, you can sign up for Prize Picks, PrizePicks.com, or download their app. Uh, plenty of good stuff going on there. Uh, one of our guys, uh, Will Priester, always putting out the uh, Prize Picks stuff on Twitter, so you can uh, check him out. Uh, he gives a lot of good picks for for NFL, but you can do golf over there as well. Noto and I have thrown out some picks on this show quite a few times. Uh, so prizepicks.com or download the prize picks app use promo code grinders with your first deposit get a hundred percent bonus up to a hundred bucks again promo code grinders at prize picks uh, and also uh, encourage you to sign up for roto grinders premium if you are not already a premium subscriber you can click the link in the description or our producer steve will drop it in the chat get ten dollars off your first month of either a single sport premium package or the combo package which includes pretty much everything except nascar and is loaded right now uh, with all the sports going on, basketball is coming back next week. And Noto, I know that means uh, things are a lot, about to get a lot busier for you as well. It's really next week. It's oh. next week. It's <laughs> a week from today. Sorry about that. Uh, all right. And uh, my little one has his fall break all next week. So he's going to be on with me. So that'll be fun. <laughs> well, there's only a couple games the first night. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll ease into it. But yeah, it's next <laughs> week already. With the extra off days in the schedule, you know, it used to start around Halloween, but now we got to start around the 19th, so a couple extra weeks. Wasn't, wasn't there talk of pushing back to start, not making it earlier? Yeah, well, it's the next week, so I don't know what they <laughs> decided to do, but it's next Tuesday uh, already. And uh, and if you're a hockey person, NHL get kicked off tonight, uh, Tuesday night as we're taping the show. So, uh, yeah, check out Roto-Grinders Premium. We'll have you covered for all the sports. Uh, if you don't have time to do all the uh, research on your own, we'll help you along the way. All right, let's dig into this 8K range here. A little bit of a kind of a, I'd say maybe a break in the field where it goes from the the guys with pretty significant win equity and drops off at least a bit here in the 8Ks. Harris English, missed cut last week. Webb Simpson, missed cut last week. Jason Kokrak, missed cut last week. Um, you know, other guys, uh, Paul Casey, missed cut last week. I'm sure there's more in here. Patrick Reed hasn't been playing all that well lately, like got left off the Ryder cup team. So, um, you know, the, this 8k range, a few guys in here have been struggling, I guess, Leishman with the top five last week, but uh, this range is a little less exciting for me, but uh, who you like in here? Yeah, I agree for the most part. And you can throw Tommy fluid in there. If you look at his numbers in Europe, amazing. He's like top 20 machine. He comes over here. He finishes like T45 as his ceiling. So until that changes, I'll be off of Tommy, probably going to be off of the English. Um, Webb rates out well for me, but I do a lot of longer-term stuff, and he does have a really good track record in uh, events where you don't have a cut. So maybe I'll go back to some Webb. I like Paul Casey quite a bit. He's just one of those guys that gains strokes on approach every single week. He's 16 straight events gaining strokes on approach, and with that being you know, my favorite stat to look at, Got to go back to Paul Casey. I like Shane Lowry quite a bit. He's quietly been playing uh, some really good golf. Um, he's gained at least one stroke on approach and 10 straight. He's been a top 25 machine. So I think uh, it's certainly a good week for 
you know, Shane Lowry. I like Terrell Hatton. Um, if you look at his numbers, just pull up, you know, his game log. Uh, it looks like he missed three of his last four cuts, but just came off a T2 over in Europe at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship. Pretty strong field over there. And if you look at his no-cut results, it's pretty crazy. He's actually better than Xander. The only person he hasn't gained more strokes per round than in no-cut events is Justin Thomas. So guy that loves WGCs, guy that loves, you know, the Asian swing. So, yeah, I like uh, Hatton quite a bit. Yeah, I think Hatton's a good call. Uh, Jason Kokrak is probably my favorite tournament play in here. Uh, again, missed the cut last week, so you're going to see people hop off. But he missed it on the number, uh, shot four under, so I'm not super concerned about him. Uh, we saw him kind of pop last year in some of these types of events, had a strong year. Didn't um, he win this? Eh, this exact tournament? I think he did. Last year? Yeah, his Shadow Creek. For some reason, I don't remember that. And I didn't bother to look because it's on a different course. Uh, now I'm trying to find it. And I'm not having any luck. Let's see. He did. I'll be darned. I had no recollection of that. <laughs> I completely blocked that tournament from my memory. Well, is that good uh, or bad? I, I don't know. Different course. If it was on the yeah. same course, you know, the narrative, you can't do it again, <laughs> but uh, I don't, it feels like the defending champion, like uh, responsibilities and the grind of kind of doing that on a different course. And just feels like it, it doesn't apply. So <clears throat> when I did my research, I liked them. I'm not going to let this, I'm not going to let this sway me away, even though it usually would. So uh, he did win last, last year. Shoffley second, Hatton, and Russell Henley tied for third for what it's worth. What about uh, Adam Scott? Finally showing some life with the Irons. Yeah, I don't mind it in GPPs. It played pretty well last week, um, you know, and didn't putt horribly. So, yeah, 8,100, I think that's reasonable, um, especially since I don't love this range a whole lot. Like, I probably play Scott over Casey right now, I think. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, for me, I just always play Casey, so. It's, it's not really it's, it's not even a conversation that's just yeah. what it is right <laughs> that's how it works um any interest in reed i mean his numbers in the two events since since uh having pneumonia are like dead last and close to dead last so can't play him until i see something but i'm not playing him, so that means you know that's Ooh. that's that's and i'm not playing him. <laughs> somebody's gonna win all the money with him this week that's kind of what that uh boils down to i guess but uh yeah i'm out on read as well I just don't seems like the risk outweighs the outweighs the reward at this point um and i think he's like 50 to 1 so just bet him outright if you're interested in read if you think he's just going to pop all of a sudden again uh 50 to 1 is not a bad number for him so anything else on the 8k's that uh, you want to bring up uh bill in the chat says casey is my new Harmon. uh yeah he, casey's been uh my Harmon for for many years but uh yeah that's funny uh Harmon, yeah Harmon's kind of fallen off a bit lately so um we'll see we'll see if he can rediscover the magic here all right let's move into the uh the 7k range we start to get uh, a little bit into the values but we've got guys like rose and nah and homa Neiman and, you know, Garcia. So is, still, you see the depth of this field a little bit in the seven Ks. Uh, Aaron Wise has been playing pretty well at 7,400. Uh, maybe finally starting to put it all together. Eighth place finish last week. Uh, so he'll be getting some ownership. Neiman at that salary will certainly get some ownership as well. Where are you looking in the seven Ks? Well, at the very bottom, uh, I like Tringali quite a bit. A guy that 
for the longest time was struggling with his driver. Finally figured it out the last two weeks. He's good with the approach. He's uh, got a really good short game. I think 7K is far too cheap for him. Moving up a little bit, uh, I like Russell Henley. So he played really well here last year, not here, but in Vegas at the at Shadow Creek. And he's got a really good track record at Shiner, Shriners. So I think uh, the reason he plays well in Vegas, he's a uh, you know, very religious guy and uh, he's not out there partying with everyone else. So I think that's a big edge uh, when he comes to Vegas. So I like Russell Henley at 7,100. Hoffman lives in Vegas. I think he makes some sense. A guy that can gain strokes with the irons as well. Uh, Taylor Gooch has been uh, playing pretty well. Back-to-back top 11s for him. Uh, I always like Sergio in these things. Uh, he just seems to play well in these really stacked fields outside of majors for whatever reason his major record has gotten real bad since he won the masters but wgc's uh short fields uh he's been playing well and then i'll uh i don't know what are we doing with matt mcneely i mean his ownership is going to be 10 percent higher just because he's a member here yeah i'm a sucker for that narrative too um and i think it would be even higher if he didn't miss the cut last week he was another guy that missed the cut on the number um, which I think, you know, that's interesting if, if it does serve to lower his ownership just a little bit. But I don't know, based on the comments that Morikawa has about the greens and the runoff areas, I, I, just, I think it is valuable for guys that have played this course a significant number of times. So I would say McNeely shot a 61 here too. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's part of what's fueling the somebody's going to go seven under the first seven holes kind of yeah. uh, narrative. But uh I can't let him burn me at that salary. So I'm on him over under the 10% projection. We have him at right now over way over that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll bump that up. Uh, I think in the uh, 17 is what I'll say. That'll be my official over under. We'll see. Um, still probably playing him, but uh, you know, it's interesting because at that price, like people will play Varner, people play wise, people play Neiman and Sergio, you know, so there's some options in there. Um, Hoffman's been pretty highly owned lately. Henley, um, you know, ba- baby swag for Varner. He's got HV4. That's right. Uh, HV4. Yeah. I saw the post uh, is, uh, you know, uh, and he's played pretty well. A couple events in the fall swing too, a couple top 20s. So uh, that'll help buy some diapers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> what, about, what about Kevin Nye? He's a guy that just always or never in your MME pool, right? Yeah, it really is. Um, and I think this is the type of event where maybe you can play him because, you know, more so than a lot of other guys priced in the seven K's he does, you know, he does win often. So um, I'm probably not on him just because there's plenty of other options in that range, but uh, I don't know. I'm usually a bit lower on him than most. And I played him a few weeks back when he missed the cut. It's not that excited about him right now. Oh yeah. We talked about that. I remember. Yes. That was the week I yeah. played him. First week I played him in a long time. Don't worry. We all, we all have bad plays. I had plenty last week. <laughs> um, not playing Tringali either after that seven under for, or seven over front nine on Sunday. He's in the, he's quarantined for me, at least for this week, <laughs> even though he's seven K uh, seven. I've never seen, I've never seen a nine holes on a course like that. As bad as Tringali's were on Sunday. It was awful. I saw um, I saw the score, but I didn't see the stats. Was he putting bad? Was he everything was bad? Like okay. it, he was hitting them from 90 yards in the fairway and he was <laughs> hitting the bunkers. And then he, you know, he hit from the bunker and he did it to like 50 feet. Uh, and then he three putt. Like it was just it was horrible. It was like it was three bogeys, two double bogeys, and four pars, I think was the front nine. I don't know. It was awful. <laughs> and then he shot six under on the back. So 
uh, redeemed himself a little bit, but uh, he's still quarantined for me this week. Punishment. Uh, I'm sure he's very upset about it. All right. Um, anything else kind of at 7K? Otherwise, you can start going to some of your favorite values before we get out of here. What about Jason Day? No. No? Zero? No. He hasn't yeah, played I, since I, August. I haven't so. played him since like three Augusts ago, and I can't remember the last time that one's burned me. So His back is going to be so rested. <laughs> that could be a bad thing, though. He could be really <laughs> sore after playing that first competitive run. You've got a little thing for Jason Day, but I don't yeah yeah it doesn't work out ever but i still have it <laughs> so are you there. playing him some this week then I, I haven't decided if i'm doing like one lineup five lineups 100 lineups if i do 100 uh, i'll definitely include him in there all right uh let's see any baseball fans that are watching live freddie freeman just homered off josh Hader to potentially send the uh braves on to the championship series they got to get three outs yet but uh, Freeman off hater. Interesting. Uh, lefty lefty bomb yeah. there for the, uh, for the Braves. Um, let's see, let's go into the six Ks here. So Poulter graded out as like the best value play last week was yet another guy that missed the cut as a popular play. You can see why that 66% was so low last week. Um, but, uh, even in the six Ks, I mean, we've got Keegan, we've got Streelman, we've got Grillo, we've got your boy Harmon in here. Uh, Ricky Fowler's down to 6,400, which is funny. Um, so there's some plays down here. Uh, you got a favorite or two? I like Johnny Vegas. Uh, Vegas in Vegas. Uh, he's a bomber off the tee, and he's finally gaining strokes on approach. I think it's seven straight tournaments. And uh, I think he's 20th in this field in birdie or better percentage over the last 75 rounds. So I think he makes a lot of sense. He's going to be popular. Um, but he's the one kind of pump play that I feel comfortable about. I think Keegan makes some sense too. A guy that just gains a ton of strokes, ball striking. You kind of take your chances with his putting. Uh, I won't be pay, playing Emiliano Grillo. So he's had one top 35 in his last 10 starts and he gains a ton of strokes, ball striking. Um, he's just a guy that, I mean, it, it's crazy how many strokes he loses consistently on and around the greens. I think the only one that beats him is Kyle Stanley. Uh, you know, St have you seen Stanley's uh, game log? He's not it's, in this field, but it's bad. It's like gain three strokes, ball striking, and still miss the cut every week <laughs> because he loses so many on the greens. But, yeah, I don't know. I'll have some Harmon. That's about it. I don't love that many plays. Was that here. was that you kind of cut out? for? Was that a yes, you're playing Grillo, or no, you're not playing? I'm not because even when he ball strikes it well, he's got, like, no upside because of his short game. So I can't do it. I'd rather play Keegan. He at least, like, randomly, you know, has a decent week with the short game. I wrote Grillo up this week, so I hope it's okay. the week where maybe it comes together uh, just because I don't love a lot down there either. And uh, it's just that one week, like you hope it happens with yeah. the putter and then it never does. Like most of the bad putters at least give you hope occasionally <laughs> and he never does, but you just think that one week maybe, and maybe it happens with the no cut event. So at least he's getting four rounds if it like doesn't happen. I don't know. Um Twisted logic, I guess, I suppose, but uh, I, do, I do that a lot, so don't worry. <laughs> and this, this is the week. <laughs> um, we'll see, it's probably not, but I'll play some Grillo at uh, at 6,700. Are, are we finally, are we all off Fowler now? Is that ship sailed? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm rooting for him, but I can't put any more of my, my dollars behind him. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, is sad that it's going downhill so fast but uh don't mind the vegas call at 6300 i think he's in play um maybe ortiz at 6200 but 
that's about where it ends. You don't need to play any of the guys really at 6K. Um, you can get plenty of decent plays in the higher sixes or the sevens to uh, to round out your rosters. So uh, with that, we're through the uh, limited field here um, with only 78 golfers. And again, there's no cut this week. So barring a withdrawal, everybody will get four rounds of golf. And uh, you don't, uh, if you got burned by not getting, you know, four, five, six, or six the last couple of weeks, uh, it's, uh, you probably welcome the change like Noto mentioned at the beginning of the show. So uh, anything else you want to pass along before we duck out? No, uh, don't be afraid to leave a little money on the table this week. It's going to be, you know, one of those weeks where you're going to have a lot of duplicated lineups in these large field tournaments. And yeah, um, if you have any questions, we're always around, you know, to answer them, whether it's on our uh, articles or, you know, DM, whatever it may be. So good luck this week, everybody. All right. So with that, we'll get out of here for Noto and our producer, Steve. I am Justin. Thanks for watching, everybody. Good luck. Enjoy the rest of your week. And we will see you back here next Tuesday. Take care.